With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mid-Major Madness podcast. My name is Russ Steinberg. I am joined by my co-editor, Chris Schutte. We are now two days into the college basketball season at the time of this recording. Had a busy first night on Tuesday. Uh, Chris, how are you liking the season so far? A wise man once told me losing a bye game is the epitome of brutality. And there has been some brutality. There has. Early on. Boy, has there. Off the top of my head, I, I think maybe the one that I'm most surprised about was Baylor losing to Texas Southern. Not necessarily because I think Baylor is a great team, but because Texas Southern, we all expected to take a step back this year in the post-Mike Davis era. And then they go out and win their first game in Waco. It's Johnny Jones. Yeah, uh, that is a former Final Four head coach, Johnny Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, the season tipped off on Tuesday. We had, I think, almost 150 games on Tuesday. Had a few more last night, uh, including a big result, uh, Bucknell upsetting St. Bonaventure. Uh, Had a few more games tonight. Nothing too noteworthy, though Sienna beating George Washington, I guess, is something to note. Um, Most teams have played at least one game so far. Chris, what have have you taken out of the first couple of days so far of the season? I know it's early. Not a great start for the Atlantic 10. It has been rough. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned uh, we have had some brutality uh, so far. You mentioned uh, tonight, uh, Thursday night's game, Sienna beating George Washington. It's actually the second by game of the year that Washington's lost. They, they lost on opening night to Stony Brook and, I didn't get a chance to watch it. That was a wasn't that a pretty wild game? Wasn't GW up huge? Yeah, George Washington led twenty-two to nothing. Stony Brook missed the first its first eighteen shots of the game. Uh, GW eventually led by twenty-three. Stony Brook forced overtime and won in overtime. Yeah, so you couple that with uh, the loss that St. Bonaventure had to Bucknell that you mentioned, and then what was the was the other one I was looking? Uh, Penn. Yeah, Penn beating uh, George Mason on opening night. A, a great win for a really good Penn team. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we watched them play last year um, live a couple of times. That's a team that probably won't win the Ivy League. I think Harvard is the best team, even though they struggled against MIT. Yale is right behind them, but Penn should at least be in the Ivy League tournament. And then, man, for the A-10, you know, George Washington's not supposed to be that good. St. Bonaventure was rebuilding. Uh, but George Mason, that was – George Mason's a team that we thought could be in the NCAA tournament if things broke their way. And, I mean, I guess it could still happen. They've only played one game. Let's let's not, you know, go crazy over it. But it's it's been a rough start. Yeah, like you said, losing the first game of your uh, season isn't going to – make or break it 
But I think we all kind of expected the Atlantic 10 to kind of take a step back this year and not instilling a whole lot of confidence in anything otherwise, considering they're, you know, they're losing by games and really don't have a whole lot to, you know, build any confidence off so far. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, also, even though Bonaventure and GW aren't supposed to be great, it hurts, A, the perception of the league, Mm -hmm. and B, it just makes wins against those teams even less valuable. Um, The good news, I guess, for the A-10 is that uh, its best teams, Davidson and St. Louis in particular, have some chances to pick up some really big wins um, coming up. So, I mean, that's... If you're looking to be a postseason team, the most important thing you could do is beat good teams. You can't really control what else happens in your league. And Davidson um, has a new, has a game against Wichita State. What tournament is that? Uh, that's a Charleston Classic. Um, a Wichita a State field. team that uh, lost to Louisiana Tech on opening night. Yeah, that's that is true. This um, is not your father's Wichita State team. <laughs> I mean, Wichita State's rebuilding too. Uh, but Davidson also does play, looking at the schedule, Northeastern, Temple, Wake Forest, North Carolina. So they have not a great schedule, but they have a chance to pick up some good wins. Uh, St. Louis plays uh, Seton Hall. It, is that the NIT? That's not the NIT. That's, that's something. You should know this. You put yeah, I know. I should know this. <laughs> I know. It, not my finest moment. But anyway, they play Seton Hall. They play Pitt, Butler. Uh, Oregon State, Southern Illinois, Houston, Florida State. So those are the games, you know, that that you'll take the most out of, I guess. But, you know, rough start for the A-10, a lot of brutality early on. Arizona State came close on opening night, too. Yeah, the Big West Uh, was uh, getting a little frisky. Yeah, yeah. Of course, if that had happened, we would have had to bring Kyle on to discuss that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, a lot of close calls so far this season. Yeah, uh, Louisville tonight. Louisville, yep. Yeah, the Nichols, Nichols State had Louisville, I think, within two in the final couple of minutes. Uh, Louisville pulled away. I think they won by like eleven, but it, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was closer than that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a lot, lot of close calls, uh, w- which is fun, and you, you would expect there would be some, um you know, pretty much every night at least because, you know, that's college basketball where the mm-hmm. unexpected becomes the ordinary. <laughs> Many people have been saying this. I, I have heard it several times. Um, one thing that I tried to do on Wednesday after, you know, after the dust had settled from opening night, um, because I know, you know, we had a million games going on at once. It was election night, so... A lot of people were at least devoting half of their attention to that, um, plus the games. It, it it was easy to miss something. And I think there were a lot of things that may have flown under the radar from opening night, things that even maybe we didn't um, devote enough attention to at the time because there was just 35,000 things going on. Uh, one of those, um, see, BU beat Northeastern. Yeah, that which was surprising. was a big surprise um northeastern actually i think they play harvard this weekend that's going to be a great one yep tomorrow night um yeah friday night yes 
you're right. Um, so th- that'll be one to watch because Harvard also struggled. They won, but they struggled against MIT to open the season. And um, I think they have a couple guys injured, if I'm correct. I'm not sure if they're completely healthy. I'd have to double check on that. I I think you're right. Um, I And I wish I could remember who sat out of that game. Actually, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, we, we've kind of circled that one you know, a couple months ahead of the season when we were just looking at the early non-conference slate as, um, you know, a game that we wanted to watch. And I think we even mentioned it on um, the podcast the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. So looking at the box score from the Harvard-MIT game, uh, Seth Towns and Bryce Aiken, neither of them gotcha. played. So I guess, I mean, still MIT's a Division three school. Uh, but maybe that could have something to do with it. I don't know what their availability is um, for this weekend, but you have to think Northeastern coming off of uh, a rough opening night is going to be really hungry for a good win. Yep, especially against another, you know, local school. Yeah. Um, let's see. They remain out indefinitely, and that is – the latest update that I have here on Towns and Aiken. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, anyway, uh, another thing that, you know, I want to bring it up because I, I wrote about it in that, um, in that story on Wednesday. And I just, I want to give them a shout out central Connecticut going on the road and winning at Hartford, uh, was huge for that program. Hartford, a team that, you know, not the favorite in the America East. That's still probably Vermont, but a team that I don't think would surprise anyone if they made the NCAA tournament, if they won that league, probably the second best team. Uh, Central expected to be, you know, five, six, seven range in the Northeast Conference. Uh, that's a huge road win for them. Tyler Cole had 30 points in that one. Uh, Dan Butte had a really good game as well. I don't remember what his numbers were. Um, other thing I wanted to talk about, just through two games is Siena. Mm-hmm. Um, Siena lost to Providence by 10 on opening night in a game that I think Providence had a solid lead into the second half and Siena fought back, um, really made it a good one. And then they go on the road to GW tonight and they win there. Maybe, you know, a, kind of close loss to a middling Big East team and then a win at a bad A-10 team doesn't sound so great. But Siena was picked to finish 10 out of 11 teams in the MAC, at least by Blue Ribbon. They might have been picked dead last by the coaches. I don't remember. Um, had four players transfer out after last year. Had that crazy coaching situation um, where Patsos ended up leaving and Jamie on Christian from Mount St. Mary's came in. And he... I mean, they've defied all expectations through the first two games. So they might be maybe not the biggest surprise of the season so far, but um, a team that I've really taken notice of in the first few days. Yeah, I, I watched a good amount of that the game against George Washington. I was surprised at how hard they were crashing the glass. Um, they had 16 offensive rebounds, and they really just kind of were letting it fly from three. They went 13 of, of 34 from downtown. You know, he, he was, uh, Jamie and Christian was calling out some different defensive looks. I think Sienna had went into a two, three like matchup zone at one point. They were 
throwing some full court pressure against them. So like you said, maybe they're a little bit ahead of schedule and maybe they, maybe they found their guy and Jimmy on Christian. I think we all kind of agreed that that was a really good hire for them. And I think he's, he's shown so far that that's going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was an excellent hire. And suddenly the Mac, um, I, I think Ryder is the favorite at this point. But after them, it's kind of up in the air now. Not saying Sienna's in that conversation at all, but, you know, w- with them surprising a little bit with Iona, Iona and their situation, uh, it's it's kind of open in the middle. Uh, so th- th- that'll be an interesting conference to watch. See, any, anything else from opening night? Chris Clements. Chris, oh, Chris Clements, 44 points. First 40 piece of the season. He's coming for that, that scoring title. I know. It, I, I remember I read your, I think it was you, wrote like a little recap on uh, on the live blog. And, you know, we were talking, you were talking about the bucket getters and said, you know, M- Mike Dom didn't have a, a Mike Dom game, at least compared to what Chris Clemens did. And then I looked at Dom still had 21 points, <laughs> but it was Clemens who had 44 and an overtime win uh, over UNC Wil- Wilmington. And I think Mitch is going to, write something about him in the next couple of days. So look for that on the site. I think he had, he might've had all 15 of Campbell's points in overtime. I thought I saw that uh, on Twitter the other day. That That's one game that I wish wasn't happening at the same time as everything else, because I would have loved to have watched it. Yeah. it's. I, I don't know if you experienced, well, no, you were at the championship. Yeah, I, I didn't really get to see anything other than, can so, and Duke land some some wood? <laughs> yeah, oof. So, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who felt this way. Uh, but with election stuff happening, with 500 games happening at once, I had basketball on in my apartment for like 14 hours. Yeah, on Tuesday, I feel like I didn't watch any basketball because there was too much happening. Like, you ever have you ever been like so overwhelmed with something that you just don't do anything like it felt like that yeah especially considering we had daytime basketball so that's just one of those things where you just kind of have it on in the background is you know you'll check in every couple minutes but you're not really intently watching and then like you said I was at the the champions classic so I I was really just kind of either refreshing twitter just looking at scores I didn't really get to actually watch any games other than those and then I got home around midnight so I caught the tail end of um Western Kentucky, Washington, and almost all of the second half of BYU, Nevada. Yeah, the, well, w- one observation from, or I guess two observations for, from the early game. The earliest one was uh, Buffalo defeated St. Francis of Pennsylvania, 82-67, um, in, a, in a game that St. Francis hung around in mm-hmm. for most of the way. Um, number one, and everybody knows this, but reinforced uh C.J. Massenburg, bucket getter. Very good. <laughs> a lot of fun to watch. Um, I was really impressed at St. Francis, um, and for a couple of reasons. Number one, obviously, Keith Braxton is maybe the best player in the Northeast Conference. Uh, the confidence that he plays with, uh, it, it was it was so much fun to watch to watch him go at it. Uh, and it, I think the rest of the team kind of took on his approach, mm-hmm. even if they don't have his talent level. They were aggressive. They were not afraid to 
play that the fast pace to play with Buffalo the mm-hmm. entire way. That's a reflection on the leadership of Braxton and a reflection on their coach, Rob Krimmel, uh, who's been at SFPA for a while. He knows, um, he knows the league. He knows his personnel. Um, and he had them ready to go. They really impressed me. Um, they're probably the favorite in the NEC. Uh, and, and I could see why they were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I uh, I only caught about the first half of that game, but like you said, St. Francis, they were from what I saw, they were hanging hanging with them pretty tough. I think and to, that's a that's a really good Buffalo team. And one thing that um, we've been getting asked on on Twitter a lot lately is, do we think Buffalo is going to be ranked at some point this season? And yeah, yeah, it, it, obviously it just kind of depends. It, you know, they've got a big game coming up this weekend against West Virginia. You win that, and you know they probably start to get in the conversation. So, good showing out of out of St. Francis to compete with a team that uh, a lot of people think can you know be one of those darlings in March. Yeah, Buffalo. I I think my answer was no, and that was not a knock on Buffalo whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was because I expect them to lose at West Virginia because anybody could expect to lose at West Virginia. Yeah. And then, you know, then it's Southern Illinois, a really good team after that. They could drop both of those games would kind of take them off the radar for a little bit. They have games against Syracuse and Marquette in De- in December. I feel like, and this isn't fair, but as a mid-major if you have to play from behind like that, you, you won't be able to catch up. Maybe if they run the table in the MAC, but that's a kind of sneaky, underrated conference. Yeah. Um, it. You know, I, I don't see it happening for that reason. I do think they'll take a few losses in conference, mm-hmm. even if they are by far the be- the best team. Um, but just because I don't think they're going to be ranked this year doesn't mean that I don't think they are good enough to hang with and maybe sometimes beat ranked teams. Yeah, they're they're one hundred percent legit. I don't think anybody's gonna gonna fight you on that. <laughs> no. Now looking ahead now to the weekend, this isn't gonna be, you know, your typical January and February weekend slate that's just loaded with great games, but there are some really good ones, particularly tomorrow night, Friday night, which hopefully I'll have this edited and up by then. Um, but between Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you have a pretty good um, handful of games to keep an eye on. What are you looking forward to? Um, aside from the Northeastern Harvard matchup uh, that we've talked about, the game I'm most intrigued by is UNC Greensboro at LSU. And I know we talked about this um, the other on um, the other podcast. Not to is it because Will Wade is a coward? Will Wade is in fact a coward. But UNC Greensboro, they gave. Uh, Gonzaga a lot of trouble in the NCAA tournament last year. There's a fantastic defensive team. They hit the offensive glass hard. They've got a really, really good senior leader in Francis Alonso. That's that's a game that I could see getting interesting, and you know people might cause a fuss if UNC Greensboro pulls it off. But I think if you've paid any attention to what they've kind of been doing the last couple of years, you'll you'll understand why they're able to get it done. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think for me, it's going back to the Atlantic 10. St. Joseph's opens its season Friday night against Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Joe's, by the way, um, really likes to 
play its first game against quality opponents. Uh, they have taken on a, a pesky Toledo team twice each of the last two years, and now they open up uh, with an Old Dominion team that should be in that upper tier of Conference USA. Um, interested in seeing that game. That's going to be a really good one for the backcourts. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Joe's and Old Dominion both have really um, talented guards, and I'm interested to see uh, the pace that that game is played. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be a grinded out one. <laughs> I mean, Old Dominion, the Old Dominion just plays slow as hell. Old Dominion is known for its defense. You're right. It, you know, they, they do like to slow you down. They were one of the slowest teams in the country last year. St. Joe's, on the other hand, does play at a faster pace. It's going to be interesting to see who controls the tempo of the game and how each team adjusts to it. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about St. Joe's, while they do have a really talented backcourt, they haven't played together a whole lot um, due to injuries and whatnot over the last couple of years. So to open the season, we'll have to see. Now, Old Dominion already played a game. They beat Navy 67-44. to a game that had 65 possessions. Um, so that was a, yeah, <laughs> that, that was a slog on opening night. Thank, thankfully, I didn't watch any of that. Uh, but I will be interested to see them against St. Joe's and to see who comes out on top in that one. Yeah, I'm. Well, this is kind of unrelated, but somewhat related. I'm kind of interested to see how, how far the tempo gets pushed just nationwide in college basketball. I think... One thing I've kind of noticed um, watching the NBA in the weeks leading up to the season that teams are really starting to kind of push the pace a little bit more. And, you know, you've, you've kind of seen that trickle down into the, the college game over the last couple of years. I think tempo and possessions have been on a pretty steady increase, at least over the, the last couple of years. And that, that's just kind of a thing I always like to, to like you've got teams like Virginia that play on one end of the spectrum or a team like Savannah State that plays the complete opposite. It's always kind of interesting to see how the paradigm shifts just nationwide. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I think we would both agree that um, the higher tempo games are a lot more enjoyable. Yes. Um, now that I will say that, you know, if you do play a little bit slower, it doesn't mean you can't be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's when you, grind the game down to a halt like Virginia does yes. and every possession is like 25 seconds long the, the micromanaging of, that's what it is guys like Tony Bet. I think Jim Beheim's guilty of it too with Syracuse at times yes it like let the guys play I mean it, it obviously works for Virginia most of the time unless they're playing a, a 16 seed but like come <laughs> on like Get into the 21st century, dude. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I will say that the um, the situations where maybe, you know, if you play at a, a slower tempo where you could still be watchable mm-hmm. is if you have like a very talented front court and you want to try to run your offense through them, work something inside. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe you pull it back out and try something else. Uh, and there's constant motion um, throughout your lineup like that, you know, maybe it's not as fun as like breakneck running up and down the court pace, yeah. 
but that could be interesting. It's not, you know, again, the micromanaged slog. Yeah. I mean, some, some people like that. Some people don't. I, I personally prefer a more up-tempo game and I always, I'm more intrigued by teams that want to get out and move a little bit and, you know, the coaches give their players a little bit of freedom. But uh, another good game to keep an eye on is Georgia State at Montana. A couple of tournament teams from last year, two teams that are in our uh, that were in our preseason top twenty-five, and both in the top one hundred of Ken Palm. Yeah, that should be an interesting one. Boy, I it, it's tough uh, with these big big sky teams. There, I, I have such a hard time trying to find their games. <laughs> is that game on TV? Uh, let me let me pull up that that schedule yeah yeah i mean it doesn't list anything on ken palm but maybe it's uh maybe it's an espn espn plus game which by the way has been a godsend early on in the season they've got just about everything oh espn plus has been fantastic if you don't pay the what is it like five bucks a month for insider like do it it it's fantastic that game is uh, streaming on Pluto TV. All right, Wait. so I'm probably not going to catch that. I'm I'm going to be at a game tomorrow night anyway. So, I, oh right, you're Indiana, yeah, right? Indiana, Montana State. Get to see some Tyler Hall action. Maybe he'll put on a show. But okay, T- Tyler Hall, the the best player on either team. <laughs> now you're saying this. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to Saturday, another good matchup that I don't think a lot of people have really taken notice of is going to be, I think, Wright State at Murray State. Wright State uh, defending Horizon League champs. They blew out uh, Western Carolina the other night. Obviously, Murray State's got a really talented guard in John Morant. Um, this is the second rated game on Ken Palm for Saturday, trailing Illinois State at Belmont. So I was just about to ask if that was the first game because that game was really good. Yeah, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good mid-major matchups this weekend. I think. Yeah, and uh, if if you haven't, I haven't seen Belmont play this year, um, but I do know from watching them a bunch last year that I I got to tune in and see. Uh, See our guy Dylan Miller play. Looks like that's their, uh, I think that's their season opener. So, oh, good, good. There you go. I did see Illinois State a little bit uh, in their opener against Florida Gulf Coast. They looked really good. Uh, how did Yarbrough look? He played right. Uh, Yarbrough had seventeen, uh, seven of ten shooting, and nine rebounds. So Phil Fain also had seven. Uh, he had seventeen points, eleven boards. They looked good. Uh, Gulf Coast. They they held their own for most of that game. A uh, team that maybe isn't going to be as good as they usually are. I think Lipscomb's the best team in that conference. But they they look solid, and that's the first game of a, an in-season home-and-home. Home. So Illinois State will go to Gulf Coast uh, a little bit later in the non-conference. What a, You watched the second half of uh, or most of BYU-Nevada, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. So BYU probably wins that game if they if Childs doesn't get in foul trouble and they go better than six for 31 from three, right? Yes, that was absolutely an aberration there, that number, six of 31. Um, BYU came out of the gate strong. 
they had Nevada on the ropes. They did not get rattled, by the way, because Nevada came back, took the lead, and that's, you know, we thought, all right, that's it. Nevada's going to run run away with it. And BYU did not go away in that game. Uh, it, it was impressive. Childs, his minutes were hampered a little bit. He played 26, uh, scored 16 points, 7 of 15 shooting. But, yeah, it, it, if he is able to contribute more, they probably – Eh, I don't know if they win that. Not game. Probably, they, but it it, it would have helped. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the the box score from Ken Palm right now, and he, he breaks it down into the into quarters. Yeah. And Nevada won by 16. They won that fourth quarter by 14 points. Yeah. So. So it was a close game for almost the entire way. Uh, speaking of of close games, uh, not to you know keep jumping back and forth between. Uh, what's happened and also the week Western Kentucky was they were in it for a while against uh, against Washington they took a lead in the into halftime after like a huge run at the end of the first half yeah they did what was it, like a 17-0 run they went on it yeah was ridiculous um, yeah they they took a lead into the half um, they they were in it most of the way who was uh, on on the bench? Uh, Bearden didn't play. Yeah, and also uh, Deshaun Deshaun Murray. Yep, Murray and Bearden didn't play, and still, um, they, they were in it most of the way. Again, like the Nevada game, Washington won that final ten minutes, twenty-one to seven, uh, which is why the final margin of eighteen was so wide. But yeah, Western Western Kentucky hung with them on the road. Um, almost the entire night. They they were fun. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a it's a it's a good showing. Obviously, you know you would have liked to see what they could have done at full strength. But I think moving forward, you can kind of kind of bank on them being about what we expected. One of the better conference USA teams in in general. One of the better mid majors in the country. Hey, uh, Texas Southern is at Gonzaga. Do they uh, win another bye game? Uh, Johnny Jones undefeated be forced to to bet against him at this point. <laughs> oh God, that would be insane. That is not going to happen. Speaking of Gonzaga, they beat the absolute snot out of Idaho State. <laughs> oh wow, I'm shocked. One twenty to seventy nine. Rui with a smooth thirty three. Yeah, so nothing really to take there other than Gonzaga's really really good. Hey, here's a uh, a potential brutality game for you on Sunday. East Tennessee State is at Creighton. Mm. Creighton, a, a team that lost a lot there in a bit of a rebuild, not expected to be great. And I was on a East Tennessee State uh, podcast radio show, and they were upset that we didn't have them ranked um, in our other top 25 uh, if, they, if they go and win at Creighton, there's a good chance you see them in our poll. They uh, they barely lost to I think it was Georgia State the other night on opening night. Yeah. Yes, they did. The SoCon's another kind of sneaky fun uh, conference. You got you know Greensboro and then you know uh, Wofford and East Tennessee State. It's yeah, not a bad little trio. And unfortunately, Wofford couldn't go back-to-back against North Carolina, but still going to be 
one of the better teams in the in the SoCon. Yeah, hey Wofford, Wofford gave him a game. Um, you know Fletcher had twenty one points, but he was three of sixteen from three. Not exactly efficient. Storm Murphy, how's that for a name? Fifteen points great, for Wofford. It's a great name. <laughs> that is a great name. He is a sophomore. Uh, point guard, five foot eleven. The feeling if uh, if Fletcher, if it weren't for Fletcher, he he might be like one of uh, one of our favorite little guys, and maybe he'll become one of yeah. those. Give it time. Yeah. But uh, is there anything else big coming up this weekend that we haven't touched on either tonight or the other night? I think we've kind of at least glanced at most of the the major games that we're looking at. Uh, Southern Illinois at Kentucky tomorrow night? Yeah, Southern Illinois is at Kentucky. Um, after the way Kentucky was manhandled in that first game, I think they're going to beat the tar out of Southern Illinois. Yeah, uh, I do not envy uh, <laughs> envy Southern Illinois for, I, I think, like you said, I think Kentucky's just going to come out and absolutely just drill them. Yeah, and that's, and that's too bad. Southern Illinois is yeah, this is nothing, nothing, nothing on Southern Illinois' part. Just anytime you get blitzed by forty points on national television to open the season, it's I think you're due for a bounce back game the next night or the next game. Yeah, uh, maybe really, really under the radar. Kind of interested in seeing uh, UMass Lowell is hosting Wagner. Wagner got drilled by Seton Hall uh, to start the year. They're not that great, but Lowell played UMass really close uh, to start the year. They're still a new Division One team. Interested to see if they could string a few wins together um, early on in the season. Maybe find their way in, into the America East tournament and see what happens. Uh, Savannah State's at Georgia. <laughs> Tom Green will have to deal with the uh the savannah state offense good that that game's gonna have if georgia plays anything like they did under or any oh my god if i could talk if georgia plays like indiana did under Kareem, that game's gonna have about 95 possessions good that'll yeah. be fun and that's that's an sec network game so you, you'll be able to stream that too yeah i'll probably have it <laughs> i'll have it on my lap while i'm <laughs> uh, I'm going to be at uh, Iona tomorrow night against Albany. I'm looking forward to that game. Albany, uh, interested to see how they how they look this year after losing um, Cremo and uh, Nichols. Yeah, I'm interested to see them too, and I'm interested to see what Iona looks like. They just kicked someone off their team, didn't they, for fighting a coach? Yeah, so it was Roland Griffin, who was, I think, like their third leading scorer last year. Was, I want to say, preseason second team All-Mac. Um, punched one of the assistant coaches on staff after I think they got into an argument about whether Griffin was supposed to be at like a study hall or something. Uh, anyway, he got thrown off the team. No word on Garfield Johns, who is the assistant coach. So I don't even know if he's going to be on the bench on Friday night. I guess we'll see. But 
uh, Griffin will not be because he has been kicked <laughs> off the team. That that would be some interesting footage to take a look at. Yeah, I kind of wish we had. <laughs> if anybody has footage of this, feel free to, to drop a line. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else you have? Do MTE start next? Is it next week? Yeah, next Thursday. Next Thursday. Yep. Uh, it's the Charleston Classic that gets us started in the afternoon. And then the 2K Classic starts that night. So those are kind of the first two. And then, of course, Maui and Battle for Atlantis are the next week. That's Thanksgiving week. Silver Sword season. It is Silver Sword season. So I guess I, I should plug the Silver Sword now sure. since... Uh, since we're talking about it, play the Silver Sword, everybody. It is uh, a fun game that I, this is now the fourth year that I'm running it. Basically, all you have to do is pick the winners of the November MTEs, those November tournaments, Maui, Atlantis, and the like. Uh, 199.com will give prizes to the top three finishers this year. If you want to play, all you have to do, go to midmajormadness.com. We have a link to the uh, entry form on there. It's also tweeting it out every five minutes on my Twitter, <laughs> Russ Steinberg, and I'm sure I'll be retweeting it at, at mid underscore madness. So play it if you haven't yet. It's a lot of fun. Uh, last year we had just under 500 people playing. Uh, this year, hoping to top that, but I, I think it'll be tough. Um, but yeah, to play it, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my spiel. It's very fun and I'm very bad at it. <laughs> I mean, listen two, two years ago, I was terrible at it last year. I think I finished in fourth place. Yeah, it's, kind of, uh, it's, it's a crap. I think I went through and made my picks in about a minute and a half. I just kind of winged it. Yeah. Well, like a, a lot of it is, Oh, this team's supposed to be good. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. It's all for fun. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's it is, and it, it it's a lot of fun. So come play with us, come fan with us. <laughs> All right, so thank you everybody for listening to the Mid Major Madness podcast for Chris Shooty. I am Russ Steinberg. Enjoy the weekend, and we will talk to you again next week sometime. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Once upon a morning, there was a freshly brewed McCafe coffee. It was made with 100% Arabica beans, yet something was missing. Fear not, in the distance, a sausage McMuffin with egg rides toward the sunrise in quest for breakfast. The perfect pair met at McDonald's, and mornings were happy forever after. Right now, get a $1 small coffee and a $2 sausage McMuffin with egg from the $1, 2, 3 menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.